Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Where Rodeo Meets the Road, brought to you by the Arena Press. Um, yeah, you know, another week of rodeo here in in Texas and across the country. Um, with me again is, you know, my sidekick, Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good, sitting here with a cup of coffee at, you know, one fifteen in the afternoon, so life doesn't get any better. Yes. <laughs> so at least it's not raining today. You know, it's been cold and raining. And now it's, you know, 70 something degrees and, you know, just can't make up its mind this Texas weather for sure. Yeah, it's that time of year in Texas. I feel like it's every two days. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But I hope we do get some hay. You know, everybody's, you know, last year we had such a dry season that you know hay production was a little off for everybody and that caused you know a lot of things for hay to go up but geez you know hopefully we get a first you know a good first cut yes that would be great hay was outrageous last year (laughs) it still is outrageous i mean it's come down just a little bit but it's still crazy but you know other than uh than hay you know we finished up uh rodeo austin um how, what did you think about Rodeo Austin this year? It was really good. So, like we talked about last week, I got to go to one performance while I was down there. And so, the production of it is great. But then, of course, you have the big names and all the good competition. So, that was really exciting. They finished up this past weekend and paid out almost $600,000. Yeah, you know, Rodeo Austin, you know, that's just another, you know, great stop in this uh, winter tour, I guess, here in Texas. And um, you just can't beat Austin. You know, it's real close. I didn't get a chance to go down there, but, you know, it's close anyway. And it's a good time down in Austin. It is, it is. And you had some good names come in and win, and you had some names that, you know, aren't quite as well known also come in and win. So that's always exciting to see new and fresh names come in you know people like keenan hayes who's doing great came in and won bareback and then you had amanda welsh won barrels um hunter heron won the tie down um and then of course superstore sits in drive won saddle bronc so yeah he won saddle bronc and i think he even won his uh his round down there in uh cave creek um (laughs) down in Arizona so he he's uh he's on fire you know he's just Mr. Consistency that's for sure yes so like today we said you can't go ahead I said like you said you just can't beat him no you can't beat him so today on our show is Amberly Schneider you know Amberly is well known around the rodeo industry in all parts in every industry it seems like you know she's a a writer an actor a barrel racer um she has her foundation so amberly will be coming on our show here today yeah it'll be great i can't wait to talk with her yeah let's go ahead and get amberly on the phone and see what she has to say so great, Amber Lee Snyder, our guest today. Amber Lee is a, has a long list of credits to herself. Uh, you know, she's a professional barrel racer, social influencer, motivational speaker, writer, and actor. Wow, what a package! Amber Lee, tell us where you're from. I am originally born in California, but you don't always want to claim that here and there. 
that I am. <laughs> yeah, born exactly. there, but raised in raised in Utah. Utah is home. Awesome. Um, what part of California? Southern California, right? Yes. Yep. I was born in Laguna Hills. Laguna Hills, and, and you, go ahead. Your dad was a major league baseball player for the Dodgers, correct? Yep. Yeah, he did. He played in the major leagues for eight and a half years. Um, and yeah, the Dodgers was one of those teams. Wow. What position okay. did he play? He played in the outfield. Outfielder. Awesome. Man, you know, that could be another podcast in itself as well. Um, Southern California. I grew up in Southern California. And like you said, you know, California has their issues. But uh, this isn't about California. This is about Amber Lee. Amberly, so, you know, a lot of, you know, I mentioned a lot of things that you do, you know, for sure, rodeo. How, how, how do you love rodeo? You know, I, uh, I think it's one of those things that was just in my blood from the start. Um, I don't know. It was probably innate. My mom had a horse when she was younger, but she didn't get to rodeo. But when she saw that I had an interest with horses, she wanted to make sure it was possible. And we started riding at three and rodeo at seven. And it was just like. It was definitely my calling of where I wanted to be. Yeah, and you qualified for the high school finals in 2009. You won little britches all around. So it's not a new thing for you, but kind of tell us about, you know, rodeoing as a kid and the process. I mean, like you said, your mom wanted to make sure you had that opportunity, but it, you didn't really come from a rodeo family, right? No, no, definitely not so much on the rodeo family. So then it was just, I mean, you had to be dedicated. One of the things that I'll always credit my parents for is they they made sure that if we were going to do something, that we had the opportunity to learn how to be the best at it. Um, so my parents did that. Like, they found people to help coach me in Utah. You know, I mean, it's probably a little slimmer I guess, audience, and if you're in Texas, I'm sure you could get lots of humans to help coach in Texas. But in Utah, we found, you know, Stacy is who I would say was like my main coach as far as helping me, but then they took me to clinics and wanted to make sure that I could learn and succeed and be dedicated at it. I mean, I rode every day after school. At one point, I had up to 10 horses, and I was just riding every day. You'd, you'd leave school early, you'd go, and you ride horses till dark, and then you went home, and woke up, went to school and did it again. But, you know, that was, that was the lucky part of it is that's what I got to do, you know, in my early childhood was, was what I loved. And it helped that, it helped that we weren't so bad at it. So that by the time I, you know, been my senior year, I was able to do well enough to make the finals and win the all around for the Little Bridges title. And, you know, I thought I had a whole plan worked out on where my rodeo world was going. Um, Obviously, didn't go quite in the timeline that I thought, but I'm really thankful to have had the the upbringing that I did to make sure that I I could learn what I learned. Yeah, and definitely. Then, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Hannah. I was you know with your okay. you know talking about rodeo and and this and that, and I remember you running at the American in 2015. How was that experience for you? Oh, you know what? That was life-changing, honestly. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, so I honestly hadn't even heard about the fan exemption. I, was, I mean, I was just in college, so I was not paying attention to any of that. And to get any, a message from Andrea Busby, 
with Busby Quarter Horses saying, hey, you know, I want to get you, I want to support you in order to getting this fan exemption. And I was like, sounds good. I mean, I didn't think she was really serious. And then it was crazy. It was on an evening that I got that message. And by the next day, I mean, it was huge. And people were voting and voting and voting for me to earn that spot. And then to go there and compete on that stage, especially at that time. I mean, I was still not that far out of my accident. And trying to figure out how to get back in to be competitive in the rodeo world like I wanted. And anyway, to, to get to go there and compete at that level with those humans um, that are phenomenal was, like I said, life-changing. I mean, it helped helped promote my story and increase my speaking career. And, I mean, the movie came, in essence, from that as far as how it ended. I mean, all of that. So definitely a, a very big, pivotal moment for my life. Right, and so yeah, you you, <laughs> you talk about the the movie, you know, you wrote the book first, um, Walk, Ride, and Rodeo, and then you know they wanted to do the movie from the book, and I guess you had mixed feelings about that. Well, so the the book was so the book that came about right. I wrote that in 2017 when I broke my leg, and. So that was just like a little kid's book that I had written, and obviously that's how the movie got its name. And when they asked me to do the movie, I didn't want to do that because I felt like my family had been through enough the first time around. So to relive that and rehash that out, you know, made me nervous. And not to mention, there's no way to put in every person who had been impactful. You know, they can't they can't show the people who were at home feeding my horses while we were all at the hospital or the people who donated hay to me in order to help me get through there. Or, I mean, there was just so many incredible people that were involved with helping me figure my life back out that I was worried that some of them could be upset that we couldn't put them in the movies. There's, I don't know, there's a lot of stress when it comes down to that because obviously it can't go exactly the way you want it to. Yeah, definitely. But then you also um, have done more acting since then. You've been in Yellowstone and things like that. Talk a little bit about not necessarily just Yellowstone, but kind of how the Western industry is being shown on a bigger stage right now. That's that's so crazy that we've been able to get to that. I feel like the Western world, uh, Western way of life, Western industry, whichever way you want to put it, I mean, it's, it seems like it's big, but in reality, it really hasn't been. Um, I mean, it's very, a very small niche of people that really do what we do, and Yellowstone has changed that a lot. I don't know if it gets everything perfectly accurate, but it definitely makes it very adventurous as far as right. putting that story together. But really, I mean, even if it's not perfect in every way, it has brought a new light to paying attention to the Western way of, of life and how we need to pr preserve certain things and cherish certain things. And it was fun to be a part of that, you know, to get to, in, to be invited to, to be on that film and, or I guess that series and get to play myself. And of course my power horse got to play himself. That was an honor. Like that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Tell us about some of the horses that you rode too. I mean, those animals, get you where you need to be and where you hope to be. So 
they really deserve all the credit. And so tell us about some of the, you know, heart horses that you've had throughout your career. I have, I have been very fortunate to have a few one in a millions. Um, sometimes I feel like only one person gets that. So for me, I, uh, I've been able to have a couple. I, I talk about when I go to my clinics, I talk about the horses that have been a, really been a part of my journey. And I, I always start by talking about my first horse, Lacey. So that was my very first horse that I got and how she really gave me the passion for this sport of rodeo. And the second horse, her name's Jazzy. And I'd say she was a part of being one of my heart horses. You know, she taught me how to win. And that was pretty important to learn. And of course, power. He's been a huge part of my story as the horse that really did give me my freedom back after my accident. And then my main mount now, Legacy, legs for short. I mean, that horse has given me more than I would have ever imagined. I didn't know what I was going to be capable of, and I'm at a disadvantage in that arena. I can't even pretend that I'm not. So for him to be able to have carried me to two circuit finals so far and and ran harder than I did and faster than I did before my accident, I would say, you know, those horses are all, you know, that you talked about, the ones that are a big part of my journey, and I a lot to being where I am. Right, and so you've talked about it. You've qualified for two circuit finals now already. What's your plan for this year? Kind of tell us about what you have going on. Well, this year I am planning on running my circuit again. Last year I went out of my circuit. I tried to do some more rodeos, and my horse legs is 15 this year so I want to respect that and try to set him up to succeed on the wilderness circuit level so he didn't love he wasn't a huge fan of all the different pens and all the different grounds um, I mean geez that's a whole discussion in itself but I'm gonna try to stay at my circuit I want to make circuit finals again and of course I'm still speaking so that's a part of my my daily life is as that goes, and then I teach clinics and um, just started doing a, a series with the new TV, I don't even know what to call it, network streaming uh, with Wild Rides TV, so I'm starting interviewing with that, which is kind of a new realm, and I don't know, we just take life as it comes. I mean, every single day is different, yeah. right, and yeah, all of this kind of goes with your Freedom Foundation. What about that? How did that come about? Um, where do you hope to see that go in the future, too? I started that, um, the Amberly Snyder Freedom Foundation, a couple years ago. And I'm not going to lie, it is a lot of work. And I haven't been able to recruit on help for it yet. So because of that, it's still just in fundraising in the fundraising stage. Um, I do little things here and there and I've been able to partner up with some people in order to continue to fundraise for that. And that's where it's probably going to stay maybe for another year. I'm hoping by the end of there I've been able to raise enough to start being able to give back on it. So the hope is that I can help people who have lost their independence, whether it's through an accident or a sickness or some sort of a situation, and help them give or help them get pieces of freedom back. So that could be hand controls in a vehicle or something to make make their life more accessible to them. So I like I said, I'm hoping within the next year or two I'm gonna be able to start 
taking that in and uh, developing that as far as getting recipients. But I'm excited to have it. You know, it's it's cool to have a charity that you're hoping can make a difference for people, and it'll it'll get out there um, at some point. And I I hope that I'm going to have the time to come together to do it a lot. Yeah, for sure. And you know the to find out more information about you know everything that you're doing including your foundation it would be amberlysnyder.org correct amberlysnyder.org yes amberly for sure amberly thank you very much for spending a few minutes of your day with us on where rodeo meets the road thank you for having me great interview with amberly snyder um yeah, and rodeo is still going on all over the country. We have San Angelo uh, just starting up, um, Cave Creek, Nacogdoches. What do you think about all this rodeo, Hannah? It's great. We have so much coming up. Um, you know, this is kind of the time of year things start to ramp up, and we get into these spring and summer rodeos. So super excited about all we have coming up. Like you said, Cave Creek last weekend, Waxahachie, Nacogdoches, and the Coming up, we have San Angelo, um, Leveland, um, and then we kind of start rolling into some of our California rodeos. So that's really exciting. Yeah, so rodeo is kicking up right now. You know, we got a lot of rodeo everywhere. And so if you guys want to listen to more episodes of Where Rodeo Meets Road, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast. I'm sure we're probably on there. Oh, or you could find more um, interviews and stories on our website at the Arena Press. And Hannah, we will talk to you later.